Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the upper tier, and this is your Premier League preview match week 25. Joining me as always for this show, my main man on the Dazzler. How are we doing, my man? I'm all good tonight, brother. It's great being out at cold, pal. I tell you, man, it was freezing cold tonight. Now it was a baltic one. We came in, I had to look for my chestnuts and everything, pal. It was that bad. Absolutely. Well, of course, if you'd like to contact the show at the uh, underscore upper underscore tier on Twitter, the under the upper tier podcast on Gmail, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram, the upper tier. Let's get this Premier League preview in the bag and get it done and dusted. We start 12.30 Saturday morning, Man United versus the Governor. They're in good form, Southampton, aren't they? They are. They're like, in very good that's, form. That's a big win at sports the other night, isn't it? Massive. Massive win at sports. Um, you know, really, really is. I suppose from United's point of view, they've done us a massive favour, haven't they? In in doing sports up like that. Um it it only it only ends up being in our favour though if we can take advantage of it and if we can start winning games. I've got to be honest, the last two results weren't what we wanted. But I have to say, like at times I've enjoyed seeing some of the football. We've played some good football. Um, you know, and I, and I feel like we probably deserve more than to be knocked out in penals in the FA Cup and maybe to draw with Burnley. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, I just felt other than putting the ball in the net, there are two games we dominated, there are two games we controlled, and yeah, listen, this you know the goals matter, so we're not just we're not just you know cleansing them of that. But if we take a couple more chances, it's going to be game set and match for someone pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah, I was looking at both games and the, the only thing I would be concerned about is it seems to be that you can't put 90 minutes together. It's really only 45. But I do think there is a game coming where you are going to slap someone 5-0. There's no doubt about it that eventually those chances are going to land to the right people and they're going to go in. But I just I would be concerned at the second half drop-offs. It seems to become a bit of a habit at the moment and it would be a bit concerning. Yeah, I suppose like I know obviously the lads are probably still getting used to the, the tactical side of things under Ralph and we're not necessarily pressing as much as maybe we expected to, but we're certainly pressing more than we have as a team. And I mean, that might take a little while to build that physicality up that you can go every time and you can get 60 minutes out of it, 70 minutes out of it. So again, Rome wasn't built in the day and, mm. um, and, and I think we have to be patient with the process for now because on the face of it, it looks like maybe it's not working. But I think if you dig a little bit deeper and you actually have a look at what's going on, like I think most United fans should understand, you can see he's trying to change things. You can see he's trying to do things a, a different way. We do look like we have an identity. You know, when we when, when we played well the other night, you know, um, I thought, I thought Rashford and Sancho at times looked unbelievable. Now, there was times when they were anonymous completely. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, we've asked for wingers like United to be given that freedom to kind of go with players and stuff like that. And they looked like they had that freedom, which was great. Yeah. As you said, they did manage to hold it up for 90 minutes. And it came in kind of spades and waves, you know, rather than rather than being able to, to hold it out for the 90. But I think if we can just, if we can just, you know, 
be a bit luckier as well. Because and I know, listen, it's easy. It's easy said. I think I think we're hard done boy with the two goals the other night. If I'm honest, you know. Yeah, I think I think the press in both first halves of both matches was really really good. Um, yeah. Look really, really good. But I think what happens is when you're playing that press game and you're not used to it, there's a mental fatigue through it as well in order to continue with on through bow halves. And I think that's something that teams build up over time. Like if you look at my own Liverpool, we press and press and press all the time. But it, it, it's a kind of like, it's nearly like a take it and turn kind of press. It's not everyone always at the same time. They kind of drift in and out. Who's going to go? Who's going to hold? Who goes? Who goes? And who yeah. holds? And I just think it's one of those things. It's a mental sort of, a mental fitness that you have to get to in order to maintain that press constantly through that 70, 80, 90 minutes. And United will build that up. And it may be a case like, I mean, a lot of the talk at the moment is kind of like, Ronaldo isn't going to be able to manage that. Cavani isn't going to be able to manage that. No. So I suppose you'll see the benefits of it more next year when you're putting the personnel into that front line that you actually want there to be able to, to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, at the minute, if you go in with a front line, and, and obviously Cavani, I feel like the work rate is certainly better than Ronaldo's, you know. Yeah. Um, he, he he's His intensity and his work rate is so much better. Mm. Um, Ronaldo's literally just looking for the chance um, he his his level, although his finishing hasn't dropped off, his his all round play and his level of play has dropped off immensely for me. I have to say, um, we knew he would score goals, but I think his all round play isn't what we need it to be at the minute. Um, if we had ten other players in positions that were that were all getting the absolute max out of each other, and he was the only one that was maybe subpar, you might get away with it. But I feel like when, when, as you say, we're going through that transitional period and maybe we don't have all the personnel where we want it and who we want them to be, when you're carrying somebody, and, and at times we do look like we're carrying Ronaldo when he's playing, um, it's difficult, you know. I feel like we need a young striker. We've obviously literally just spoken off air about the boy Vlavic um, before we came on. and I mean, anybody that doesn't get uh, Haaland this summer will look and go, we should have had a dip at this kid. You know, it's... It, 68, 68, 69 million. This is chicken feed for a guy that's going to get you 20 goals a season. Yeah. And, and with the way he started at UVA, you know, he's got the winner for them tonight and he's got a couple at the weekend and stuff. He looks an absolute bargain at 70 million. He really, really does. And he's young. He's physical. He gets about the place. He's good with his feet. He can head the ball. Tactically, he looks a clever player. All of the things that we would be missing as a, as a, as a starting 11, you know, um, and if I look around, I don't necessarily see a ton of guys like that. You know, now I, you you know, I've mentioned it to you before, um, and and I I firmly believe if if it's Pochettino we get, I one hundred and ten percent expect to see Kane with him. Yeah, and he's he's a kind of he's a kind of a different ilk as well, isn't he? Because he's gonna need Kane is one of those guys as well where he's gonna need a bit of support, isn't he? He's gonna need support players as well. Well, he um, like, he likes to have you know Son beside him and stuff like that, and he likes guys to he does like guys to maybe do a lot of the running, but the running necessarily that frees him a space. If you look at the goal the other night, you got um, you know, I think the run off the ball takes the defender away in the Brighton game and all of a sudden boom he bends it beyond Sanchez and you're thinking it's a great goal but without the run and without that you know somebody having the nose to go I can take a couple of these boys away here maybe it doesn't happen for him yeah um, and, I, and I don't know if 
I don't know if Sancho and, and Rashford are those guys. I have to say, though, you know, it, it was Middlesbrough and it was Burnley, but I think Sancho in the last two games has been really, really good. Yeah, he, he they seem to be kind of setting up in a more natural way for him as well, though, isn't it? As opposed to, I mean, Absolutely. they were putting him through the doghouse for the first six months, weren't they, really, when you think about yeah. it? No, um, they were. And, and, and now it looks like he's been given the freedom to go, you know, you're playing on, on the right or the left of that front three, maybe interchange with Rashford and the other wing. But go with guys, beat guys. Like he got the, he picked up the ball at the corner flag the other night and he beat three of the Borny boys inside out. And yeah. you just thought, well, this is this is what we paid the money for. That one where he took the ball back around them again and then put yes. it out to the corner of the outing out. Yeah, it, it was, was absolutely sensational. Yeah, it was it was what yeah, you should was. be expecting from him. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. You know, yeah. and and when and I suppose from a United point of view, it's maybe what we haven't seen so far, but it's it's a huge, it's a huge beacon of hope for us knowing that we have a guy on the pitch that can do that. And if you tie into that, you know, the likes of You've seen obviously Pogba got the goal. He was quiet enough in the game, but you know, he's only back. Um he'll get better. Bruno at times, we know what Bruno can do. There's pieces of a puzzle. You know, you haven't got the whole puzzle, but there are pieces. Mm. So it's not all doom and gloom for me, I have to say. Um I think Saturday's a huge game for us though. Massive. Massive, Massive game. We've been given an absolute free run at this with what Southampton were able to do to Spurs, you know. Um, Arsenal winning tonight obviously makes things a little bit more difficult for us and um, the Hammers but, and the Hammers win and the Hammers but again I don't see I don't see the lads being able to hold up over the, the course of the yeah. season the, the, the rest of the season so that's where my hope would be like Arsenal tonight are, are 1-0 um, I don't necessarily think they're going to be able to get an awful lot more goals than that you know, big, I think big window being down to 10 men as well. It's a bit of a statement. I know they had to hang on a bit, you know, but it's a yeah, big absolutely. win. And, and listen, away, it's, away at Wolves, it's a great win, you know, whether they had 10 or 11 men on the pitch. And then obviously losing Martinelli for a game or two won't help. Yes. You know, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what what do you think on this United win? I'm going to go 2 1 United. Yeah, I have to go 2 1 United, I think. That's what I was thinking. I, I don't think. I, as as far out as we are and as tight as the top four race is, I don't think you can afford to be dropping many more points. I know it's tight, no. but I mean, in terms of when you drop points and you get results like Borough and Burnley, it gives hope to those other teams. In other words, to say they're not under as much pressure as if you lay down a win and you lay down a marker, you know? So I think it's really, really vital and a tough team to come up against as well. Southampton coming in a bit of form, Ward Prowse absolutely coming into himself this season as well, especially in the last couple of weeks. He's looked really, really good. Um, And they've a bit about them, Southampton. They look like they're up for a bit of a a bit of fight and a bit of um, a goyle in some of these matches, you know. So, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think... Big, we're big fans of them. Um, we're big fans of Ralph, you know, of the governor. Yeah. So, we're not, I'm not surprised at this, I have to say. Yeah. I mentioned him previously. I thought, you know, I, I think when a stint has done it at Southampton, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a decent job again, though, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has. Yeah, he str- he has. I mean, he struggled. Struggled first half of the season, big time. But he, he, seems yeah. to have, he seems to have turned it around and figured it out. But it's not. It's like it's not a great squad, and he's had so so little. Yeah, he lost uh, in players terms yeah. of, in terms of backing from yeah. the club and stuff like that. You know, he's been working in the loan market, and he's been working in the the kind of lower end the stuff. But I mean, like, given a little bit of money, I feel like he could do a great job somewhere. Yeah, be interesting to see. But a massive game lunchtime and an opportunity for United to lay down a marker. They need to get this win. Um, and. <laughs> 
Start the three o'clock, Brentford versus Palace. Yeah, um, obviously two, probably not the two results that they were looking for during the week. Um, Palace obviously dropped a couple of points at Norwich. Um, I could kind of see that happening, to be honest with you. Um, we did mention it in the preview. Uh, just didn't fancy. I think Norwich, have, you know, they found a little bit of form. They've tightened things up. Don't think anyone likes going to Carrot Road. It's not a nice little place to go to and stuff like that. Pitch isn't great either. Um, I think, again, Palace, they're going to find themselves at Brentford. Not a nice little spot to play in. You know, it's hostile. Pitch at times can, can be a bit kind of hacky, a bit hackney marsh about you know what I mean? Um, they need a again, result as well, Brentford, don't they? They need to bounce back. Brentford a need a result, but, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to get it here. If I'm honest. Draw. I think I'd probably favour Palace here because, yeah. you know, I think they've a little more going on with them, Palace. You know, they've got the, the two boys that we keep mentioning, the boy Olise and Ebrechi Eze. They've got um, Edwards. They've got Zaha. They've got Mateta. They've got Conor Gallagher. There's like six mm. big players there. Six huge footballers, like really, really good players. Um, there's a lot of squads in the in the league would kill for six players like that. Yeah. And they've, they've kind of, they haven't nailed up the goal yet, but they've they've slowed things down a bit. Mm. So I think Patrick Pierre has done a great job with them. I have to say, and um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Palace here. I think Palace will nick this two one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with a one one draw. Um, I don't know. Have you seen a worse penalty than that Saha one the other night? It was absolutely shocking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was shocking. I don't, I don't. I don't even know what he was trying to do. I, I, like I couldn't even figure out what he was trying to do. His body position was woeful. His connection was woeful, and uh, like it's, the the ball literally stuttered over the boy line. Like. <laughs> it's yeah, but it, but the, the issue for me would be, you know, there was no clear intent of what he tried to do. Yeah, you know, like he he looked at A, he looked at B, and he did D, and you go, oh, what you know. Everybody misses penalties. You know, we've seen it time and time again. It's a tough, it's a high pressure situation and stuff like that. But there's a right way and a wrong way to miss them. I mean, if you hit a really good penalty, keeper gets a hand to it. You know, no problem. Mm. We're, we're all right with that. Keepers are mate are gonna make good saves from you know, when you see a penalty like that. I'm surprised he hasn't put the boy Edward on it because it has been so blunt this season as well. I mean, he's he's missed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. His stats this season are and great at all to be honest. Gotta no, say, the I, boy I, Edward I, is putting the balls away all the time. Yeah, I think I think I'd I'd punt for Gallagher, I have to say. Like yeah, we Connor know he has an eye for gold. Great show. And, yeah. and we know he's an eye for gold. And we know he ha- he's that he's got that leadership quality about him for such yeah. a young player. He's always stands up and he's always there to be counted, you know. So like do who, who do I want when that's happening? I want a guy like him that's gonna go, give me the ball. You might just have to move the penalty spot out about another 15 yards. <laughs> then he'd be grand, I'd say. You yeah. Know? But yeah, yeah that, that's a fantastic shout, actually. Great shout there, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on. Chelsea-Arsenal's postponed, obviously, Chelsea away at the FIFA Club World Cup. Um, getting through to the final there against Palmeiras. I think they're playing them on Saturday, I think it is. Um, so we move on. Everton versus Leeds. Yeah, this is it. It's another big game for Frank, isn't it? Um, obviously a great win uh, last week um, but you know that's a that's a really heavy defeat away at Newcastle absolutely that's that's an energy sapper you know and, that's, and, and what a game that Villa Leeds game was what a game yeah absolutely um, really really was you know you see Coutinho obviously another goal couple of assists flying 
absolutely flying. The boy Ramsey. Um, I know there's a lot of people, the boy Ramsey got two, I know there's a lot of people to be getting Coutinho into that fancy football team this weekend. Absolutely. Um, you know, but um, yeah, really, really good game, obviously for the for the neutrals, Dan James, obviously got a couple of goals as well. I think he found a nice level there at Leeds. This is ideal for him. We know he was a good lad. We know he puts the work in. I think the quality of times, you know, it maybe just wasn't there, but he's he's a workhorse and, and I think a guy like Bielsa will only make him better, you know. Yeah. Tactically, he'll, he'll make him a better player. Mm. Um, I don't see this being an easy, an easy afternoon for Frank. I have to be honest with you, because I think Leeds are going to hassle and harry them. They're not going to give them much time on the ball. They're going to be in their faces. They're going to make it rough, tough, nasty. And I don't think that's what Everton want. I think Everton are looking for a soft touch. You know, I'd, I'd probably, probably fancy Everton more if they were home against Arsenal than I would being home against Leeds do you know what I mean yeah I'm I'm kind of thinking like this normally these tough physical dirty kind of games is everything Everton stand for and they yeah. lap it up like food and drink but yeah. they look so soft this season yes that I just think with Leeds going in there I think Leeds have a great chance here I'm thinking Leeds 1-0 here I'd I'll be absolutely shocked if there's not more than one mm. goal and, and the only reason I say that is I just think both of them are leaky, you know. Um, I think you've seen it the other night. I mean, when was the last time Newcastle put three by anybody? But they put three by, by um, Everton, you know. I think there'd be goals, but but I think there could be. Um, I think there could be. I think I think I'll go two two. Two two. I'll go two two. Yeah, I'll back the I'll back the draw. Mm. And I think there'll just be a few less goals than, than there was the other night, maybe, you know. So I go 2 2. Yeah, interesting. I'm going to go 1 0 Leeds. Um, I just I look at Everton at the moment. I think Frank is still trying to figure it out. You won't get that early manager bump, really. You know what I mean? He's still trying to figure it out in the Prem. Uh, Watford versus Brighton. Again, massive game for Watford, isn't it? As big for Brighton. Well, it isn't, it isn't. Like, I suppose when we say it isn't, if it's that league position that tells us it isn't but in terms of getting the ball rolling again mm. he'll want to do it I think they'll look at this and they'll say if you wanted to win a game where would you want to go I think Watford is where you'd want to go you know yeah, when you absolutely. look at what Norwich did to them a couple of weeks ago and mm. um, yeah I suppose it's an ideal scenario for Brighton yeah I um, just I just never regard Brighton as being a team that's trying to stay in the league. I always regard Brighton as being a team that's looking up and trying to improve, make that other step up and do better. Especially under Potter I think he was an absolutely yeah. fantastic coach. So I, I yeah. that's why that's why I think when I see Brighton going on runs where they're only picking up a few draws or stuff like that, I always think of their matches as being massive for them because they need to bounce back because they really need yeah. to be getting to a stage where they want to be trying to break into that top 8, top 7 or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like we've 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 looked at them, and, and at times they've been outstanding. You know, um, I feel like at times they don't get the results they deserve. Yeah. Um, you know, we obviously seen them at the bridge; they battered Chelsea and, and just got a nicked a late late try over. Mm. You know, I think most Chelsea fans will tell you they deserve to lose that night. Um, their style of play is very very good. You know, they're a good team to watch and stuff like that. Potter gets the best out of them again. Like United, they're a little bit shy on goals. They create chances, but they don't necessarily take them. I think that might stand to them, though, this time, because yeah. I think they'll get enough chances in this game to get a couple. Mm. And I think if you can get a couple against Watford, you'll get over the line. 
because I don't think Watford have a lot of goals in them at the minute. You know, I think the boy who was, I think the boy Emmanuel Dennis, who was in flying form earlier this season, mm. we spoke about it. Watford pulled the plug on him going to the AFCON and we said, would he throw the toys out of Pram and how would he react? He's been so, so poor since. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think I think that's a big question mark against Watford and against him. Mm. Um, I'm going to say this is going to be 2-0 Brighton. Yeah, I'm thinking that as well. I, I don't know whether... I'm thinking 2-1. I don't know whether they'll keep a clean sheet. I think there might be a goal for Watford in it because I think they might have... They have a couple of boys returning as well, haven't they? Um, no, I don't. I think most of them are back from the other night. They're like, back already, are they from the other yeah, night? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think 2-1. I think Brighford, Brighton will win, but I think 2-1. Um, then the half-five is an interesting one. Norwich versus Man City. Um, this isn't a matter of how, it's a matter of how many, is it? I don't think necessarily, if I'm honest. Like, um, I think City could find this tough, which you know, a lot of our listeners will probably find amazing. Um, like, as we've spoken about so many times this season, they're not necessarily pumping teams. They're just doing enough to get over the line every time. Um, this personally wouldn't be a game I'd be looking at the handicap in because I think Norwich have been very, very good recently. Um, I think that, again... It's not a great pitch down there at Carra Road. Fans are on top of you a little bit. It's kind of that all-school vibe going on. Um, I don't necessarily think the City lads will love this, if I'm honest. I think it could be a tough night at the office for City. I do think they'll get over the line, but I think they'll just barely get over the line. Yeah. Maybe, I suppose, with one eye on the Champions League as well. Yeah, you know, they've and they've got that cushion, haven't they? Mm. So I think when they've got that little cushion, it might lend itself to to guys maybe you know taking the foot off the gas a little bit, mm. thinking it's lowly Norwich, we can just show up and pick up a victory. And I mean, we know that that doesn't happen in the league. Yeah, yeah, certainly going to be but interesting, all right. I'll yeah. go, I'll go two one city. Yeah, I think, I think three one, but I think Norwich's goal will be a consolation. I I don't think. I don't think at any stage will I get the feeling that they're in the game. I just think City, I just think they're at that level where I know what I know what you're saying and I spoke about before as well. They're just doing enough to get it done. But there's times where they know they kind of have to step up a little bit and just, you know, they control the game so well. You know what I mean? It's And, and I think for Norwich, that's a tough day for Norwich as well because Norwich are going to be chasing a lot. And I think Norwich after about 60 Absolutely. minutes will be gassed. I don't think they'll say a whole lot of the ball. They'll have to work exceptionally hard to hang on to it. And I think City will just pluck them off, to be honest. Um, I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Norwich pumped them 4 nil, <laughs> But I uh, can't see that happening. Let's move into Sunday. Obviously, game a game that will be influenced heavily by that City game. First two o'clock, Burnley versus Liverpool. Yeah. Um, this will be, again, a game where I think Liverpool will just be happy to, to get this kind of ticked off on the list yeah. get three points and get out of there mm. like Burnley as, as lowly in the table as they've been they're losing games by a goal they're not being pumped by anybody you know and they haven't been pumped they're just being they're just on the wrong end of the score sheet every week you know and and I'm not saying that that's necessarily unlucky or they're in a false position or anything like that 
they're in the position they're in because that's what they picked up. But kind of feel at times when you look at them, they're in a lot more of the games, you know, for 60, 70 minutes, and then they just don't get over the line or they don't get that goal or somebody picks something off. Um, I think they'll make it tough for Liverpool. Um, I think the boy, uh, Vighorst, has looked very good so far. Mm. Uh, we mentioned it might be a great bit of business. He cost them 12 million and they sold Chris Wood for 30. Well, I have to tell you, in the first two outings I've seen from him, he's done far more than Chris Wood has in the in the previous 21 games. So with 18 million in the bank and a, and a trade up in strikers, bravo to the to the Burnley um, Boys, recruitment yeah. uh, section, you know. Yeah, I, I'd be slightly different in that opinion in terms of like, I think he's come in and he's doing well. And I often like when a player takes to the pitch and there's a bit of a shiner because it shows he's putting it in and training as well. But um, yeah. I, I think with Burnley as well, I think they give up a lot of chances as well. And I don't necessarily think the scores reflect the actual game. I know maybe for the last 20, 25 minutes, they come into the game and they make it a bit competitive. But I mean, if, if you look at I mean, if you even look at your game against them, I mean, being four 0 up at half time wouldn't have flattered just <laughs> you no, know what I mean. And when they give and when they give away that amount of chances, if they come up against a really, really good team like a city or a Liverpool or something that and they give up that amount of chance, if you've got guys in there that are clinical, look at Jota tonight, he's absolutely clinical in that 18 yard box, you know what I mean? And with Diaz in there and Mo Salah and stuff like that, if they give up those chances that they that they give up to you guys, I think Liverpool will put a few of them away, you know. Um, and I just think it doesn't really tell the tale. I, I, I know where you're coming from. They tried to get into the last 25 minutes, either nil-nil or one-nil down, and they hang in there and they make a fist of it then. But in reality, if you look at Burnley for the last eight to 10 games even, they only start playing in matches on the 70th minute. They don't really play in them. They just dig in. They don't like, and I know you will say, well, that's kind of an art that Deutsch has with Burnley in terms of digging yeah. in. But they offer up a lot of chances. It's not digging in in terms of, like they're giving up guilt edge chances. They're not half chances. You didn't have half chances the other night. You could have you could have come in a half time 4-0 up against them. No problem. Well, I mean, we could, yeah, like, you know, obviously there's the two goals that were disallowed straight away. You know mm. what I mean? Um, which both of them are questionable for me. But even dismissing uh, them, <laughs> even dismissing them, them. Yeah. there's enough chances to go in two or three easily, mm. absolutely yeah. easily. Um, but I just th- there's just something about them. I just think again they just end up doing enough to make a fist of it, mm. you know. And again, I think that's a Deutsch thing because I don't think necessarily there's a lot of other coaches that are able to do that. You know, you see some t- sides, and when they're getting tonked, they're getting tonked. That's the end of it. Mm. Whereas these guys seem to dig in, and they just make it a bit nastier. You know, and they'll and that because they're you know they're they're very physical. You know, and I, and I don't necessarily again think that plays into into Liverpool's strengths either. You know, I think mm. they're going to get in your faces. They're going to try and kick you. You know, they've done that recently. Um, mm. was it only last season they picked up the win with no crowds, didn't they? At, at Anfield. Yeah. Um, and again on that night they were so so physical. I don't see uh I don't see that happen, but I think they'll they'll do enough to make a game of it. I, I I'll say I'll say Liverpool 3 1, but I think it'll be tight for a long period. Mm. Um and, and Burnley will be in the game at two one and Liverpool might nick one then as Burnley try and go and get an equaliser, you know. Yep, yeah, and around that I'd say, yeah. Um the other two o'clock, Newcastle versus Villa. This is a game I'm looking forward to. Really is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a great game now. Um, I think 
Eddie Howe's obviously started to turn the corner slightly at Newcastle, hasn't he? The results have picked up. The performances have been better and stuff like that. They've got some of their new signings on the pitch, which is which is big for them, obviously. Um, Players look a bit more confident as well. Look at Sam Maximum the other night now. He looks like he's back at it, doesn't he? Yeah, well, I think it's much easier to look at it when you look around the squad and you go, there's a yeah. few other lads out of here as well. And things are going your way a little bit as well. And there's Absolutely. a bit of hope there that you're not really, you know, you're not riding the mire of relegation. I know they're not fully and out of it around, but no, they're, they're showing they're, science. They're, they've shown their head, they've put their head above the parapet to go, you know what, we can yeah. get out of here. Mm. And, and I think I have to say, um, we spoke about it previously. I'm going to mention it again. I think Kieran Trippier was an absolute peach of a signing. Um, you know, we know he's a good defender. He's solid. He's resolute. You look at the quality in the goal and stuff the other night. Um, he's a leader. They've already given him the armband. United, um, should have, United should have got him, shouldn't they? Well, I mean, we thought the deal was done last summer. Yeah. Um, and, and, but when we went looking, we were being, quote, with cricket figures. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, he goes to Newcastle for 12. And you're going, Whoa, what happened there? So, like, does that as well, you know, does the, does the Man United effect when you go into a transfer um, with, with what we end up paying compared to a lot of clubs? Yeah, I whack a five or a ten on it, but I'm thinking even if they whack ten on it, 20 million, he would have even been a good sign of you. Well, looking at him at the minute, you know, he looks a guy in control of what he's doing. Mm. He looks a really, really solid defender. He looks good going forward. He's putting balls in the box. I just think it was such a clever signing by Eddie Howe. And we spoke about, you know, getting him and getting Wood. Again, like, Wood doesn't get on the score sheet, you know, but, like, he does enough just to, work. to where you go, Jesus, he did all right there, you know? Yeah. And yeah. usually from your strike, you're going, did he get on the score sheet or not? And he didn't, but he put himself about, he, mm. he, you know, he won a lot of ball, he kept the ball up high, he created spaces for the for the guys playing wide, Fraser, Massa Maximum and stuff like that, you know? It's... It's yes. clever, um, and we and we thought that that's what they were going to do, and, and that is what they're doing, and they're doing it well, you know. Yeah, this is kind of a tough one for us to call, isn't it? Because I think as the season has gone on, both myself and yourself, if you park our own clubs, we're kind of Newcastle and Aston Villa fans, really, on the show, aren't we? Because we speak them, we, we, we pump them up so highly. Like, I'm a, for a Man United fan, mm. I'm a really big Stevie G fan, I have to say. Yeah. And I mean that. You know, it was. I always thought he was a super footballer. Yeah, he wore a jersey I didn't like. So mm. be it. Yeah. Um, it happens. But I think what he did at Rangers was massive. And I yeah. don't think that can be, you know, undervalued. I know people say it's Scotland, two horse race, blah, blah. I get it. I completely get it. But Celtic had a monopoly up there. Um, and he, he, broke he, it. He had to, and he broke it. Mm. You know, and it's not easy breaking it. And I mean, if we look at how how things have changed at Rangers since he left. Mm. That itself will tell a story. Tell a story. Mm. You know, um, they've already been pumped by Celtic, which they haven't been in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think at Villa, I think he just looks like he's made such an impact. Um, I thought the business they did in January was unbelievable. Um, and if I'm a Villa fan, you know, I'm really, really excited about what's going to happen over the next couple of years. And every time we get to a window, if he's able to attract players like that, I'm delighted. I, I, have to, I have to say, I love the selflessness of his interviews. He was interviewed the other night about the boy Ramsey. 
and he turns around and he says, the, the interviewer was saying to him, he's very much in the vein of Steven Gerrard and stuff like that. And he stopped the interviewer straight away and he says, no, no, no. He says, this guy is an excellent footballer. He says, he's going to be a future England international and all this kind of thing. And yeah. like he put him out there. He was really pumping the boy up saying, you don't need to mention that he's like me. The guy is his own guy and he's a fantastic Absolutely. talent. And I love when people say that because it's very easy for guys to turn around and go, ah, yeah, he's exactly like the way I used to be. You know, that kind of way where lads be nearly taking the credit says but he's pushing his players out there all the time he was spoke about Coutinho as well and he says Coutinho's nearly back he's on the way to being back to his best but he was on about his best for when he was playing with us at Liverpool not when he yeah. went to Barca and Bayern Munich not that he no. did bad at Bayern Munich he did pretty good at Bayern Munich in fairness when he was there yeah. Um, but yeah it's good the way he sort of pumps the guys up he has a I think he's learning from a few boys at the top end of the table as to how to conduct yourself in interviews and pump your players up to get more out of them yeah, yeah. Really no, impressive. I think he's playing a very clever game. I have to say, um, and I think again, if if I was a if I was a Liverpool fan, and and if you know previously I thought when what do we do when Klopp leaves, you know it's always been there in the back of the people's minds. We know the two contracts end on the same day, mm. um, you know. I think if you if you look at what he's done at Villa already, if you were Liverpool. I don't think I don't think Liverpool fans could argue that he would be a good choice at this stage, you know, yeah. um, you know the way he's able to attract the type of players he's been able to attract the Villa, and mm-hmm. um, the ways you know he's a, he's able to get the best from the youth. Um, I think he's he's covering an awful lot of bases, you know. Yeah, he really he's coached is. up. He's coached up a lot of players that kind of their confidence was in the dregs when he came yeah. in, you know, and he they yeah. he seems to be getting a touch out of most of them now at this stage, you know. Yeah, I, I think he'll get a touch out of them the weekend as well, by the way. I think they'll I think they'll beat Newcastle. Um, okay. I think they'll beat Newcastle. I think we'll see a few goals, but I think we'll beat Newcastle. I think they'll they'll beat Newcastle. And I'm gonna say two one villa. I'm gonna go three all like the Leeds game. And the reason I'm going three okay. all, and I know you're looking at me going madness, but the reason I'm thinking is I think both teams are, are giving away goals, but I think both teams are starting to find a form up front as well. So this is I think this will be a case of who scores most, and I think it could end up in another kind of stalemate three all or something like that, two all, three all or something like that. I think they'll share the points. But um two fabulous managers, two fabulous managers, and it'd be interesting yeah, to see job. if one of them does come out on top tactically, will be very interesting. Yeah, this could be an old, old style English league slog, I'd say. How they get through and stuff like that, proper old battle, you know. Um, Tottenham versus Wolves. Um, can't remember the last time Conte shipped three goals uh, in a team. He's normally very tight in terms of giving that in the way. He is, but it's so tough at sports when you see the personnel, you know. Um, when you're going into games and you're looking to try play three centre-backs, you need three centre-backs. And they don't have it. You know, it's it's square pegs and round holes at the minute. It's boars. Um, I think the window would have been such a massive, massive failure for Conte. Yeah. You know, um, obviously he got in Bentecourt and, and, and he got in uh, Kulishevsky, two really good players. But not necessarily... Where where the damage is being done? I mean, I think he'd have preferred to have two centre backs in, wouldn't he? I, I don't think his idea of the window was to bring in two and lose four or whatever it was. I don't think that was the theory. Um, no. I I think I I don't necessarily. I know there's problems there at the back because I know your man Sanchez is a bit 
crazy. And I know you obviously have problems in your back line when you're missing Eric Dyer. Because I, I don't think Eric Dyer is that good, although he's greatly improved under Conte. But I still think the problem is the back line is exposed because that midfield is like toffee. It's as soft as caramel. And, and when you have Harry Winks in your midfield and stuff like that, I think you have serious problems. And I think until they solve that midfield and get a bit of grit and a bit of hardness in there, I think it's a non-slot on the back four all the time, even though they don't drench themselves in glory. I think that midfield is a real problem because it puts that back line under serious problem. Yeah, and I mean, like, the boy Bentoncourt is somebody that plays like that. Excuse me. Um, you know, he's physical, he's combative. You know, he, he likes a tackle. He doesn't mind the yellow card or two. That's the kind of guy they've gotten in the door. You see, the problem we would have there is if you're if you're willing to play three centre backs and all of a sudden you're going with two centre midfielders as well, and they're both playing a defensive role, you've got five defenders before your wing backs. Yeah? Yeah. So when you go in to a situation where they're attacking seven, if you counter, it's only really four unless those wing backs are seriously good at getting up the pitch, which you know. No might be on one side but yeah. Regulion but on the other side it, that's not the case yeah, it's, because it's, they don't it's a have stretch. a back. it's a stretch to call them wing backs isn't it it really yeah. is you know yeah. um, the, obviously you've got the boy Emerson Royale on the right at times I look at him and I think this guy's alright and there's times I look at him and I go wow what's going on here bewildering it's just yeah like defensively and from a positional point of view he's very very poor I think he's it He's a typical Brazilian defender that he wants to be on the front foot all the time. He's looking to get the ball and go boy players. But, you know, not in an Antonio Conte team. That's not how players fit into that kind of a mould. Um, there's, no there's no way Conte is coaching him like that all week. Not a chance. No, no there's really not. You know, he's everything's too off the cuff. Like, at times I just think this kid's playing street football, you know. He's mm. back in the favelas in Brazil, playing one-twos off the wall and going around, lads. And you're just going, what's happening here? It's it's strange. Um, I think that the personnel is the big issue with Spurs. I think we know Conte is a great manager and we know he'll do well um, given the time and the resources and stuff like that. But I think at the minute, it's going to be a struggle. Uh, it, yeah. it really is, you know. Um, I think Wolves would tonight would be a bit... They'd be a bit... Um, feel not like they were hard done boy, but they'd feel a bit let down that maybe they didn't bit disappointed yeah. that they didn't maybe put their best foot forward tonight against Arsenal. Again, they looked like a team that needed a game or two. They looked a little bit off the pace, a little bit sloppy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily see that happening the weekend. I think Wolves would be much closer this weekend. I think this could be another tough day at the office for Spurs. Really, really could. I know the boy Jimenez likes when he goes to Spurs. He's, he's, he's always on the score sheet there. And if I look at the lad Pudence, who didn't have a great game tonight, I think he'll eat it up playing against Davison Sanchez and uh, Emerson Royale on that right-hand side of the Spurs defence. I think it's made for him. And the boy Trinkel on the other side, I think they're going to cause Spurs a lot of problems. And uh, I'm going to add to Antonio Conte's misery. And I'm going to say this is going to be a 1-1 draw. That's what I'm thinking. 1-1 draw. Um, yeah. I mean, we move into the, the Super Sunday then, the 430. Leicester versus West Ham. Rogers, um, I don't know if he caught much of the game this evening against Liverpool, but I don't know what it is about Leicester at the moment. They seem to be just going through the motions. It's, it's kind of they, they nearly I, look like it's don't give a shit time. I really didn't like the setup in the team. When I saw the start eleven, I went, 
wow, that's what he's going in with. I did this. Yeah, arguably Leicester's best player recently has been Yuri Tillemans. Couldn't believe Starting he was up. sitting in the dugout. Couldn't believe it. It's a head scratcher. Mm. It's a head scratcher. Um, you know, and I kind of looked at it and I thought, has he tried to do this? No. Has he tried to do this? No. Has he gone for that? No, he hasn't gone that for that either. I don't know what he was trying to do. I, I looked at it. I looked at the start at 11. I looked at the way they set up. And, I st- and I'm still thinking, what was his game plan? Because it wasn't visible the way a Rogers game plan is typically visible. And the thing about it was, he didn't even look like he was playing for a draw. No. Nope. You know what I mean? It it's looked, not, you know the way Burnley like... will come downfield and they'll play for a draw and they'll sit in. Nope. They didn't look like they sit in. They look like they they look like they tried to sit in but wanted to be expansive. And it was just somewhere in the middle. And I just think yeah, I, I still don't understand how you put James Madison on the pitch, right? Who I think is a fabulous player, but I don't know how you don't pair him up with your man Barnes. Because Barnes has a bit of pace about him and stuff like that. And yeah. then Tillman's trying to pull the strings in the midfield. The midfield tonight absolutely battered him. Battered him. Van Dijk could have been on a deck chair tonight. I, I, I Seriously, I've never seen a Leicester team. And I know I harp on about it and we talk about Rodgers. And I know we talk about injuries and not having the team that he's wanted most of the time this season and stuff like that. But if you're leaving Barnes on the bench and you're leaving Tillman's on the bench, you're asking to be slapped, aren't you? Absolutely, they've been two of our better players this season. And to harp on to something we spoke about on Monday night, mm. which was the centre-back issue. I look again tonight, right? He's gone with Wilfred and Didi and Daniel Amarty. Two centre midfielders, yeah? You know, the boy in Didi's always been their best centre midfielder, you know, uh, defensively. And, and Tillemans obviously played slightly ahead, more like an eight than a six. And and you've got Soyun Chu and you've got the boy Vestergaard on the, bench. on the bench. And you're thinking, why aren't you playing centre backs here? As like, you as you, as you yeah, as you said tonight, I'm thinking if I'm Fabinho, Tiago, and going out there, and I'm thinking, indeed he's playing at the back. Happy days. Because he's the Absolutely. only guy who would put a build into those guys and try and halt that midfield. And I just, yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it. And it's like, to me, and I know I've harped on about, and I know you guys have said sometimes on the Monday mashup and stuff like that, well, he hasn't, he lost Fafana, who's a huge player from Agreed, and like he hasn't really had his players and stuff like that. But this, to me, is starting to look like white flag stuff at this stage. Real white flag stuff. This was bad tonight, you know, really bad. Do you, do you think, conspiracy theory time, if our, uh, if our former, if our former mentor Ian is listening, he might like this little conspiracy theory we might throw out here. Is he trying to get himself the sack because he thinks he's in a shout for the United job? He's nowhere in the race for the United job. Listen, I'm not suggesting he is, yeah. but I'm saying, do you think he's maybe listening and going, I could get this gig? I'm telling you now, I think if you if if he was in the running and United were to appoint Rogers, you think the riots were bad about the riots were bad about the Super League? <laughs> My God, you'd burst into Old Trafford, you'd rip the place apart and throw all your jerseys in the bin. Because 
he's another one. He's just he's 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 just not at that level. And you and you know to put this in context, I think if you saw him potch will be a huge mistake as well. So that's what I'm telling you. A potch, I think, is levels above Rogers to a point. But I think they're both. I, th- I think when it comes down to it, when United really need that guy in there, I th- neither of those guys I think are going to deliver for you. I-, I think when you think about what you're staring into this summer and you think about who's going to leave or potentially leave and who you need to get in and Ralph potentially going upstairs and who needs to come in to really do that job and bring guys in. Brendan Rodgers? No. Potch? I've got Potch has done a PSG. With- and he's had everything handed to him. Probably short of handing them the trophies. Shite. It's terrible. I, I'm I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't be, you know, against Potch. I think he's he's better than a lot of what's around. Um like if we're Man United and we want to get back to where we want to go, you know, we 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 look at maybe two, three, four managers. They've all got gigs that they're not going to give up for us. You know, um, Pep Guardiola, he's not leaving Man City to come to United, is he? Absolutely not. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp, he's not going to leave Liverpool to come to Man United, is he? Nope. Um, the boy Hansi Flick, he's not going to leave Germany to come to United. Julian Nagelsmann, he's not going to leave Bayern to come to United. They're... That's where I'm at right now. I'm at them four, as in the top of the top, right? But I don't necessarily see much after that. Um, to a certain extent, the unproven in this for me and, and, and my, my personal choice for the United job would be, and we've looked at this a few times, you know, when we, United missed the boat on Klopp, United missed the boat on Guardiola. If United don't give the job to Eric Ten Hag, they've missed the boat again because I don't know whether we get a second bite at this guy. I 110% believe, though, if we go for Ten Hag and it doesn't work out, we can have Potch another day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I think this is a really important decision for United. And and I and I think it's one they should think on and and try and make you know for me this should be Ten Hag's job all and all ends up. You need you need to bring you bring you need to bring in like a young progressive manager who isn't carrying yes. baggage that you can fucking fling at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a serial bottler at Spurs, blah blah blah. A bottler at PSG, you know, has every star in every position that he wants. I mean, Poch in the French league literally has the Man City. Or better of the French league, and and yeah. look at look at how he struggles even there. You know what I mean. And I think United fans. I know the talk of Poch and some people want stuff that. If United fans really want Poch in there, they need to look in the mirror. You need to bring in a fresh, up and coming young manager with a little bit of proven track record there, 
bring him in, support him all the way, give him the... And you never know, if you bring in Ten Hag, you never know, you might get Van der Sar as well. Get the fucking pairing in. Push the fucking boat out, whatever it costs to do it, and sort it once and for all. Because I'm not too, I'm not even convinced about the guy in the seat at the moment about going upstairs. I know he's okay in the way he talks, and he, you know, there's no messing around with him. He's a straight shooter in the way he talks. He tells you how it is and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't know. There's something about him. I just don't know. I think if you could go to Ajax and say, listen, we want him, Edwin. We want him and we want you and we want to start and do this. Let's reboot this again and put United back where they should be. And you have to do everything you can to make that happen. Because you remember, you also missed out on Nagelsmann as well. Now, we know his heart was kind of set on Germany and it would have been a tough one to convince but you got to do something. you got to do something different. You know, Mourinho comes in, carries baggage. Van Gaal comes in, carries baggage. Moyes came in, trying to get over the whole Fergie thing going and stuff. There's always some sort of baggage there when someone comes in. Ten Hag can come in. Brilliant coach at Ajax. Brilliant coach at bringing you through. Has shown it time and time again. You know, brought Ajax to within a sniff of a Champions League final. And I'm telling you now, 100% as if I touch wood here, Ajax would have given us a much more difficult final than what Spurs did without a shadow of a doubt. But the, the key for me is if you could get Van der Sar in there with him, would be unbelievable. That would be the combination that could possibly bring United back there again. I just think, you know, the fourth step is the most important in getting Ten Hag. If we ended up with Ten Hag... And with Ranić, I would be delighted. If we ended up with Ten Hag and Van der Sar, I'd be fucking ecstatic. Mm. But if we end up with Pochettino and Ranić, it doesn't give me the same. You know, I, I don't feel the same. Um, and and that's, you know, that's no slight on on Pochettino. I I think you know at one stage I thought he was the guy for United. Yeah, but. You know, I think with, with how things have gone at PSG, you know, it, it soured them for me. It has, it really has. Um, well, sports you know, should, should have been the same as well, because if you think about it, if United want to get back competitive again and they want to be in title races in the line for trophies and stuff like that again, you have to get a guy that's going to come in and stand up the pep. You're going to have to get a guy that's going to come in and stand up the clop. You're going to have to get a guy that comes in and stands up the tuckle. You know what I mean? And that's just to name three. You know what I mean? Then we have all this emerging stuff at the moment. We have Newcastle there emerging with tons of money, starting to show a bit of vein. You have Gerrard coming through the ranks now at Aston Villa. You know, you have Moyes doing a stellar job at West Ham. You have Conte now at Spurs. You know what I mean? You know, to throw Pochettino into that pot of stew, he ain't going to come out anywhere near what you want. I don't think he will can we, at all. Can we, be, can we be controversial for a minute? You can be. If this is our show, buddy. We can be anything we want. Is there a case, maybe not this summer, but for in a year's time, if things still aren't working at United, if Ralph says, I need another year with the team, and they give it to him, and Stevie's doing a good job at Villa, do you offer him the gig? Don't think he takes it. But do you offer it to him? You could offer it to him, but I don't think he takes it. because, And, and not only that, to be honest with you, I think your Man United are in serious trouble if Ralph gets another year in the hot seat. I think that's a serious problem because I think at the moment, I think he's thrown a number of people under the bus without being the nasty guy. Not in a Mourinho type of way or a Van Gaal type of way. But I think he's sitting there basically going, you know, I told him he could go. They decided he wanted to stay. 
So he's he's nailing lads at the moment, lads that are kind of influential in Manchester United in terms of who gets hired and fired and bought and sold. And I think yeah. some of those guys he's nailing to a cross at the moment, and not directly just because of the honesty of the man. Yes, yeah. And and for him for him to sit in that seat for another year, uh, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening because you have to look at it in terms of if you look at him coming in, and I know he's only still in a short while. But United were second last season. They've regressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were, but... I mean... I know there's other factors there. that You can't compare yeah. this season with last season. No, but still, and, and if you're second... The, the, the improvement in, in, in City and Chelsea, you mm. know, you don't maybe account for that either. Um, mm. I'm certainly not saying United have, have you know, progressed. Um, but I don't think... I don't think necessarily the regression has been as much as I think the problem is when when one end of the pitch walks, the other one doesn't, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, when we're scoring goals, we were leaking goals. Now we're not leaking goals, we can't score enough. You know, and I think we need something to obviously get the best out of both ends at the same time, which is important. Yeah. Um but I, I think I think we're closer under Ralph, for my money, I have to say. Um I, I've been more convinced by watching Ralph's team than I was watching Ollie's team. Mm. Um, you know, I just thought under Ollie, you know, we always lacked a couple of things and we always looked like we were we were, you know, we were always kind of pedaling uphill because we were giving away sloppy goals and and maybe tactically we weren't astute enough. And then there was, you know, where we didn't have the we didn't have the kind of the playing style and we were going into games not knowing what we were trying to do as a team. I mean, the game against Liverpool is a, is a, is a reminder of how bad things got. The Watford game. The Watford yeah. game, I think, is worse than the Liverpool yeah. game because yeah. Liverpool goes in, Liverpool is at quite a level at the moment, but Watford are in the dregs. You know what I mean? So the Watford one for me is a huge eye-opener. They battered us. Yeah. You mm. know? So, yeah, it's going to be... Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But we, we haven't spoken yet. Leicester West Ham. Who are you going for? We got Leicester. a bit side railed there a little bit. Yeah, listen, I think um I think Leicester have to have a big performance in the bounty. They have to. If 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 I think if, if West Ham rock up on Sunday and beat them, this could be very close to being This is white flag time, isn't it? Knock the light off on your way out there, pal. Mm. Um so so with that in mind. I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go draw. Again, I think that does United a favour, provided we can beat Southampton. Um, I think Wolves and um, Leicester could take points off Spurs and uh, and West Ham for us, which will be terrific. I, I think West Ham are going to beat them, but I think it'd be tight. I think it'd be 2-1. I think West Ham at the moment are looking, they're very boiled by the way things are going. Um, they're playing it. They're playing a nice bit of ball and stuff like that. I think Leicester. There's a lot of people looking around on that Leicester pitch to try and figure out what's going on, and not too many of them want to stand up and be counted. And do we think maybe Court might get the winner? Yeah. Little header. Don't know. I don't know between will himself. He have, <laughs> will he have West Ham pouring on Sunday? Don't know. He could do all right. Um, yeah, I don't see, know. See, I, 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 see they took his cat something. I seen that, yeah. I seen the, the cat got a good payout. 
brand new home and two weeks' money. Two weeks' money of his wages is good money to a cat, isn't it? Poor, poor cat had to go and live in a bleeding three-bed semi. He wasn't happy. He's got in a five-bed mansion with a swimming pool and all of a sudden now he's in a three-bed semi. Yeah, you know? he has a briefcase of money in the wardrobe as well. Maybe. Not, not bad. There's a lot of there's a lot of whiskers in that in that uh, that briefcase, isn't there? <laughs> no. Nah, we're making light of it now. The guy was a fool, absolute idiot. We can't condone that type of crap at all. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I think I think West Ham. The thing about West Ham as well, I know some Moyes as well. They don't seem to be giving too much away as well. Um, he's kind of steadied that little sort that's of buzz yeah. that he was on. Yeah, so I think, and when it's tight like that, I think for Leicester, it's very hard to expose him as well. And I just think you have Moyes there with a team that's playing for him. And you've Leicester there with a team that looks to me void of confidence, void of ideas. And as you said, when you're picking two midfielders, listen, we went through it last season, picking midfielders and centre-backs. Brandon, don't do it. Did you learn nothing from Liverpool last season? Cop on. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. Well, this has been your Premier League preview match week 25. Weeks are rocking, boy, real quick. Time running out for some teams. They need to step up this weekend, big time. Um, yeah. Can't look as rusty as they did in the FA Cup. Hopefully they'll have uh, washed it off from the midweek fixtures. But we uh, wait. We will wait with bated breath. But um, there was some. There was some good news this week. Go on. Well, we're gonna get to enjoy Roy Keane a little longer as a pundit. We like, are absolutely. You didn't get the Sunderland job, did you, Roy? Do you know something? I looked at it and I was thinking Sunderland fans are probably delighted. And everyone else who watches fo- football and punditry are probably delighted as well because we get to keep our pundit, we get to keep that relationship with Mika Richards, yeah. and Sunderland don't have to go through hell for another year with him in there thinking it's still 1995. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely brilliant. As always, drop your picks down below in the comments. Drop a like and a share and a subscribe. Support us all the time. We're growing every day. This has been your Premier League preview, Match Week 25. We will be back on Monday for the Monday matchup to see how we did with our picks. Don't forget, Friday as always, check out Beat the Banker. We're going to be dropping Beat the Banker on Friday, giving you all the tips and picks that we have for the weekend. I'm, I'm not sure. I'll beat the bookie. Oh, yeah. Sorry, beat the bookie. Sorry, you're the banker. What am I talking about? Mystic Mac Dazzler. <laughs> yeah, beat the banker. What am I talking about? Losing my mind here I am. Till next time, my friend. A pleasure. Thanks, Bob.